0: verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's sing about that. amazing verse. Before I spoke a word,
1: you were singing over me. been so, so good to me, for I took a breath, you breathed your life in me, you have been so, so good. Why oh, you won't kick down, lie, oh, you won't tear down, coming after me, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love.
0: Thank you so much for the camp. Thank you for this week. Lord, I just pray that you would bless the uh, remainder of the worship songs that we have, Lord, and then also just be with Brother Taylor tonight, Father. Lord, that our hearts would be ready to hear, Father, what it is exactly what you want to teach us tonight. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. 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 You may be seated, guys. I know we got some special music tonight, so we'll ask Isaac and Caitlin if you'll come on up at this time. That You have that special music for us, and we are ready to hear that. Praise the Lord for that.
2: While uh, Benny comes on up and get ready, I just wanna say, cause then I wanna transition straight into uh, the message that it has been our privilege to have Brother Taylor Gillespie with us. Let's give him a round of applause. We appreciate him and his family. As Mr. Jason said earlier, they do maintain a busy schedule. So tonight, after the service, they will be leaving. So if you wanted them to, uh, if you wanted him to sign your Bible or just uh, give him a word of appreciation immediately after the service, make sure you catch them, and then uh, they will be on their way out. So make sure you pray for them that they get to where they're going tonight safely, and then on home uh, after after a few days. So let's uh, uh, let's listen to Brother Benny's uh, special, and then we'll turn the time over to Brother Taylor.
3: Segunda de Corintios, capítulo 5, versículo 21. Al que no conoció pecado, por nosotros lo hizo pecado, para que nosotros fuésemos hechos justicia de Dios en él.
4: one last time to Ezekiel chapter 22 tonight. Ezekiel chapter 22 there in the Old Testament and that may be a little difficult to find so I'll give you a few moments to find that. Ezekiel chapter number 22. As you turn there let me say thank you so much for allowing us to be with you this week. It's been a privilege to preach the word of God to you this week and praise the Lord for every decision that was made. Praise the Lord for those who trusted Christ as their Savior. Uh, we rejoice with you. Uh, special thanks to Camp Loma Davida. They just want a wonderful job this week hosting all of us. Appreciate all those who are. Behind the scenes to make this week happen I love the Mendoza family and how God Has used them here in the valley and so Let me say this as well if you got saved this Week then on Sunday morning everybody listening right here If you got saved this week then On Sunday morning when your pastor gives the Invitation you need to get up out of your pew You need to walk down the aisle and you need To tell your pastor I got saved this week Now I need to get baptized I got saved this week Now I need to get baptized amen And so each and every one of you need to do That and so thank you so much for Uh, allowing us to preach to you this week. It's been a joy to know you and to get to know you. And so let's finish out in Ezekiel 22. One last challenge tonight and then we'll have to get on down the road. We'll spend a few moments with you and then we've got to hit it and get it. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse number 30, God speaking says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me For the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Did you get that? God said, I sought for a man, but I found none. How many agrees? That's pretty sad. I hope that won't be the case tonight. Father, I pray that you would take this this verse and put it in its context and unpack the truth. The truth uh, that is here for us tonight, Lord, I pray that you would speak to every heart here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd bring those who you are dealing with to the point of surrender, and they would surrender lock, stock, and barrel tonight. They would throw up the white flag and surrender their lives to you. Lord, there's one among us tonight that still has not settled their salvation. Lord, I pray that they would get it settled tonight before they leave this service. I pray as I speak on the outside, you would speak on the inside, and we'll give you the glory for what you do here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Several summers ago, my wife and I were traveling. We had a Friday night off, which was rare. And so we were in a hotel trying to find something decent to watch on television. How many knows that's a challenge? And so we came across Dateline. Who knows what I'm talking about? Dateline. And it happened to be kind of a murder mystery thing like they do. And this particular episode centered on a situation that took place in the cornfields of Iowa years ago. And a woman was at home by herself with her kids upstairs, putting them in bed. When all of a sudden, two men broke through the front door. They went upstairs. They began to attack the woman the woman grabbed a gun shot and killed one of the men amen and the other man got away and from that point on the rest of that Dateline news show uh, was really centered on that entire city the sheriff's department the police department that woman's family they were on an all-out manhunt to try to find that man who had gotten away I think of another great manhunt that took place in her history I think of 1865 a man by the name of John Wilkes Booth walked into the back of Ford's theater he put a gun to Abraham Lincoln's head he pulled The trigger assassinated the president of the United States. He jumped on a horse, began to fled his way, broke his leg, and for 12 days there was an all out manhunt. Finally, they found John Wilkes Booth hiding in a barn. They set the barn on fire. Eventually, his life came to an end. I remember several summers ago, sitting uh, several years ago, sitting in a a hotel room. We spent a lot of time in hotel rooms. Uh, We were in Beckley, West Virginia. I woke up and we turned on to Fox News. It was the morning of the Boston Marathon bombing. How many remembers that? And I remember sitting in Edgemont my bed as I was watching the the, the FBI and the SWAT team begin to sweep through the neighborhoods of downtown Boston trying to find the men who had set off those bombs and injured all those people at that marathon on that day. There's been some great manhunts down through history in our country, but I want to say that the greatest manhunt that has ever taken place took place in Ezekiel 22, but this was not a manhunt conducted by man. This was a manhunt conducted by God. Yet the results are surprising. You see, no one has ever hid from God until Ezekiel 22 in fact the Bible says in Jeremiah 23 24 can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him saith the Lord one man did in Ezekiel 22 God looks out of heaven and he sees Israel in spiritual shambles everybody from the preachers to the priests to the prophets to the people they all turned their backs on God they had forsaken his commands they were living in outright sin they were defying God to his face and God's ready to wipe them off the face of the map but out of his abundant mercy he looks down and says if I can just find one man one man that I can use I'll spare the land but that man was nowhere to be found and in verse number 31 God pours his wrath out on Israel but though God could not find that man in Ezekiel 22 God has not given up his search God is still looking for that man in fact God is still in 2018 still looking for young men and young ladies that he can use in fact let me just get a little bit more specific tonight God's looking for you Number one, he's looking to save you. Hey, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Isaiah 1 says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. If the Holy Spirit has been tugging on your heart this week, to come to the cross and come and be saved. Don't put that off till tomorrow, because you may not have till tomorrow. Come tonight and be saved and put your faith in Jesus Christ. He is looking to save you if you're lost here tonight. You say, preacher, I'm already saved God's still looking for you You say what does he want with me He's looking to use you But I want to make myself loud and clear God's not looking to just use anybody now listen, we preachers say God will use anybody. And when we say that, here's what we mean. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. None of that has any bearing on whether or not God uses you. But there are some requirements and some conditions that God is looking for in the man that or the woman that he is looking to use. And those three characteristics are found in Ezekiel 22 and verse number 30. Tonight I'm going to preach on this subject, the man that God couldn't find. The man that God couldn't find. You say, Brother Taylor, how do I know if God was, is willing to use me? How do I know if I'm, I'm the one that God can use and God is able to use? Number one, notice tonight, God's looking for a man that stands out. This is the kind of man, this is the kind of woman that God is looking to use. He is looking for a man that stands out. Notice the Bible says in verse number 30 again, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. I sought for a man among them. In other words, God looked at a heaven, and he saw these people that were backslidden, they were living in sin, they were ungodly, they were unholy, and God looked down on this generation of people and he says, I'm looking for just one man who's going in the opposite direction. I'm looking for one man that's different. I'm looking for one man that's distinct. Hey, I'm looking for one man that stands out in this corrupt, sinful, wicked generation. I'm looking for somebody that is holy. I think of the story in the Old Testament when Elijah passes that, uh, that Shunammite woman and finally she says I perceive that thou art a holy man of God listen because there was something different about her his life he caught her eye I'm asking you when God looks out of heaven at this sinful corrupt backslidden wicked generation in 2018 does he see anything different about your life can I say this tonight God has a plan for your life and the devil has a plan for your life God's plan for your life is in Romans chapter 8 that you would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ God's plan for you is to make you more and more like Jesus but the devil also has a plan for your life and the devil's plan for your life is this he wants to make you more and more like the lost world around you that's why Romans chapter 12 says this be not conformed to the image of the world be not conformed to the world God wants you to be different and sadly the devil's doing a pretty good job in some of your lives You say, what are you talking about? If I were to listen in on some of your conversations, some of the ones you've had this week, if I were to listen to the language that you use, the jokes that you tell, the things that you laugh at, listen to me, I wouldn't know whether you were saved or lost. If I were to look at the way that you treat your parents, I wouldn't know whether you were saved or lost. If I were to pull out your iPhone tonight and look at the playlist and the music that you listen to on your iPhone, I would not know whether you were saved or whether you were lost. If I were to look at your social media tonight and look at your feed and look at the things that you like, the things you comment on, the things that you post and share. I wouldn't know tonight whether you were saved or whether you were lost. I'm saying when God looks down in this generation, He's looking for a somebody that's different. Somebody that stands out. Look, at He's not looking for somebody that blends in and goes with the flow. He's looking for somebody that's going in the opposite direction. Someone like a teenager like Daniel. Who would say, but Daniel, purpose in his heart, that he would not defile himself. Hey, Daniel said in Daniel chapter 1, I don't care what anybody else does. If they want to defile themselves, if they want to go along with the Babylonians, then help yourself. But I'm going to honor God. Even if I'm the only one to honor God. I'm gonna take a stand for God in this pagan ungodly land God is looking for a young person like that he's looking for somebody that is different I think of Robert Murray McShane. he was a young Scottish preacher when he was 15 years old he wrote in his diary Lord make me as holy as a saved sinner can be 14 years later at his funeral people lined up for over a mile to file past his casket for they have said we have been in the presence of a holy man of God can I ask you tonight does your life stand out if you're going to make a difference you've got to be different God said I'm looking for somebody That's holy I'm looking for somebody that stands out Number two tonight He's not looking for somebody that just stands out He's looking for somebody that stays in He's looking for somebody that stays in Notice it goes on to say in verse number 30 And I sought for a man among them That should make up the hedge And stand in the gap And stand in the gap The cities in the Bible had walls around them And whenever a part of that wall would break A man would have to get on his armor And grab his sword And stand there in the gap And fight off the enemy Enemy and protect the city. But here the word stand there carries the idea of enduring and remaining. And here's the point God was not looking for somebody to just stand in the gap, God was looking for somebody who would stay in the gap. God was looking for somebody that was faithful. When I think of somebody that was faithful to Jesus Christ, I think of the pioneer missionary, David Livingston. David Livingston walked some 29,000 miles across the continent of Africa, taking the gospel to people that had never been reached before. He contracted almost every disease you can imagine, lost all the teeth in his head, at one time was attacked by a lion, had a shoulder ripped out of socket. He buried his own wife. He buried his own daughter. And at the end of his life, in a driving rainstorm in a mud hut, kneeling next to his bedside, God called him home. The next morning, the natives walked in. They found him kneeling next to that bedside. They cut his heart out, buried it in Africa, as the land that he loved, and they shipped his body back home. Later on, his diary is found, and these words were written in it, he said, Lord, send me anywhere, only go with me. Sever any tie, say the tie that binds me to thy service and to thy heart. David Livingston was not just a man who stood in the gap. David Livingston was a man who stayed in the gap. God used him because he was simply faithful. You want God to use your life? He's looking for somebody that is faithful. He's not looking for somebody that'll come to camp for a couple of days and get fired up and then go back home and try to take a stand for God. And then a few people laugh at you and you say, well, foo on." I'm not going to do that anymore if that's your attitude God will never use you God's not looking for somebody who would go back home and begin to witness to people and they get rejected and say that was no fun I'm not going to tell anybody else about Jesus if that's your attitude God will never use you God's looking for somebody who would be faithful and persevere and wouldn't bail out when times get hard are you faithful some of you aren't even faithful to go to church It's amazing you've been at church church camp here all week long, fired up. Yet Sunday morning, a Saturday night, you'll stay up till four o'clock playing some stupid video game, and somehow you can't make it to church on Sunday morning. Are you faithful? Are you faithful to walk with God? Some of you, this week's the first time, every day this week, you've had time in the Word of God and in prayer. Praise God for that. That's why we do it, to help you get in the pattern, the routine, and the habit of spending time with God. Listen, God doesn't want you to spend time with Him at camp. He wants you to spend time with Him at home. God looks down and says, hey, I'm not looking just for somebody that stands out and is different. I'm looking for somebody that's going to stay in and be faithful to me. You know why some of you will never be used of God? You want to know why some of you will never do anything for God? Because you care more about what everybody else thinks than what God thinks you say that's your opinion no friend that's what God said he says in the book of Proverbs for the fear of man bringeth a snare you wait you say what's the fear of man worrying about everybody else's opinion of you well what is she gonna think what are they gonna think what's everybody at school gonna think who gives a rip what they think God help us have some young people who would say I don't care what my family thinks I don't care what my friends think I don't care what everybody else in the youth group thinks I'm gonna live for Jesus Christ even if I have to live for him all by myself God's looking for somebody that stands out. He's looking for somebody that stays in. And lastly, number three, he's looking for a man who would step up. He's looking for a man who would step up. Notice in verse number 30 again, the Bible says, that I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me For the land before me for the land the wording there literally means this God was looking for somebody who would turn and face him turn and face him he was looking for somebody who would turn from their sin who would turn from their own selfish ways who would turn from their own pursuits and they would turn to God and step up and surrender to be the man that God was looking for you want God to use your life and you better surrender to him God's looking for somebody that is surrendered let me ask you a question are you surrendered some of you aren't if I were to ask you right now what are you gonna do with your life you would say oh I'm gonna graduate high school and I'm gonna go to this college and I'm gonna get this degree and I'm gonna do this 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 and you have your entire life planned out and you have the entire script written out for your life here's the only problem you never one time ask God if that's what He wants you to do with your life. Some of you tonight need to take that script and shred it and tear it up and throw it in the trash. Get out a blank sheet of paper, sign your name at the bottom, and then give it to God and say, God, you fill in the blanks. Hey, God, I'll go where I'll go to college where you want me to go to college. God, I'll get a degree in what you want me to get a degree in. God, I, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to do. I'm asking you tonight, are you surrendered to God if you've never surrendered your life to God, That tonight's the night to make that decision. I believe just as there is a day that you got saved, I believe there also ought to be a day that you surrender your life to God and you turn over the keys to your life and you wave the white flag and say from here on out, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Have you ever made that decision? If you have not, then tonight is the night to make that decision. Let me go a step further. There may be a young man in here. God's been dealing with your heart all week long about the call to preach. I'm not talking about you came to camp and you heard some excitement loud preacher and you thought who I'd like to do that one day no friend the Bible says he that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good work." that's not just some passing emotion you came to camp and got fired up I'm him that's a desire that you can't get away from when you wake up you think about preaching when you go to sleep you think about preaching it's always on your mind you can't escape it you can't get get away from it it just follows you you just can't shake it off listen to me if that's where you're at tonight God's trying to get a hold of you won't you surrender to the call to preach tonight why don't Somebody here get a burden for the valley here? Why don't somebody get a burden to plant a church here? Why don't somebody get a burden to preach the gospel here? Why don't somebody get a burden to go plant a church and to go to the mission field and translate Bibles? Why don't you do something with your life that's gonna matter for all of eternity? We got too many kids. Their whole aspiration is to go down to the community college, get some little three, four-year degree and go work at Starbucks and have a little a comfortable life. Won't you do something that's going to matter for all of eternity? Won't you consider it? they surrendering your life to the ministry? Is God calling you to that? Listen, God doesn't call everybody to be a preacher. God doesn't call everybody to be a youth pastor and a missionary and evangelist. I understand that, but he does call some, and I think he could calls a whole lot more than those that answer the call. If God's calling you tonight, won't you answer the call? You'll never be satisfied doing anything else. You say, preacher, I think God's calling me to preach. In fact, I've never told anybody, but i watch you this week. I watched my pastor, my youth pastor, they get up and preach the word and I've never told anybody, but I think to myself, I'd like to do that one day. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the devil put that desire there? God put that desire there. Hey, there's some young ladies in here. You watch your pastor's wife. You watch uh, the Mendoza ladies. You, you watch your youth pastor's wife. And you watch as they minister and they serve and they do it with joy. And you think to yourself, I would like to do that one day. Hey, I'd like to marry a preacher one day. I'd like to marry a pastor one day. Hey, I'd like to marry a missionary one day. Hey, I'd like to marry an evangelist and have him drag me all over the country one day. Hey, that sounds exciting. You think the devil put that desire in your heart? I don't think so tonight. Bible says here's my life verse Psalm 37 four: delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart you say preacher I think God's calling me to preach but I can never get up in front of people and speak I mean I'm a nervous wreck just the thought of that man my hands start shaking and I start oh, sweat comes down my forehead I don't think that God could ever do it. I don't have those abilities listen to me God's not looking for your abilities he's looking for your availability God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call and if you would surrender your life to Jesus Christ he would enable you to do whatever it is that he's called you to do. You say, how do you know that? Because I'm a living testimony of it. You were to go to my church that I was raised in in Cleburne, Texas, seven and a half hours from here, just south of Fort Worth, and if you were to ask my Sunday school teachers when I was a kid growing up, Did you, do you ever think that God would call Taylor Gillespie to be a preacher? They would say, not on your life. He's the shyest kid that I ever had in my Sunday school class. That kid won't talk to nobody. He's so bashful. He's so shy. You say, Brother Taylor, you get up now and you preach 90 miles an hour with gust up to 120. You say, what happened? I surrendered and God enabled. And listen to me, he'll do that for you as well. Years ago, a young lady graduated from Bible college and she walked into her pastor's office. And she said, Pastor, I, I believe that God is calling me to work with the headhunters of Malaysia. He sat back in his chair, began to shake his head. He says, uh, young lady, I don't think you understand what you're talking about. He said, I was a Green Beret in the military, and I would never do something like that. He says, won't you go pray about it some, some, some more, and then we'll talk about it later, thinking it was just a phase. Well, she went and prayed about it, and some time later, she eventually came back and said... Pastor, I have sought the Lord over this, and I just have an overwhelming peace in my heart that this is the will of God. I've got to go reach the headhunters with the gospel. She said, would you pray for me? He said, I will. She went off and arranged a helicopter to take her into Malaysia. They said they would take her in, but they would not land because the oil companies were pulling their employees out because their employees were being eaten, so they would not land the helicopter. Finally the day came when she was to be taken into Malaysia. And the pilot, as they were flying to the location, the pilot looked behind him and said, Young lady, what are you doing? You're 22 years old. You have your entire life ahead of you. You're not married. You're single. Why are you doing this? She says, sir, I I don't understand it. This is just what God would have me to do. Finally, they got to where she was to be dropped off. And he turned to her and said, I'm sorry, I'm not landing this thing. You're going to have to repel down that rope right there. She began to throw her bags over. And he told her, I will be back in 60 days. And if you're not in this exact location, he said, I'm never coming back. She threw her bags to the side and began to repel. But what nobody knew was what God had done in that tribe of people. You see, there had been a legend passed down through that tribe that one day out of the sky would come a white goddess that would tell them how they could live forever. She hit the ground All of a sudden a helicopter took off And all of a sudden the natives began to run before her They began to bow before her And she stood back and said Oh no, I'm not a god But I've come to tell you the true and living God And there for the next 60 days She began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ With those dear people 60 days come and win. Finally the day she was to become uh, picked up The helicopter began to, uh, to uh, come in towards them The helicopter looked down And there she was standing with many of those natives They motioned for him to come in and land and he did he landed the helicopter he got out he began to shake his head he could not believe what he saw there she was standing with 40 brand new converts of the Lord Jesus Christ you say brother Taylor how did that happen because when she was 22 years old she was willing to step up and say here am I Lord use me in just a few moments we're gonna dismiss this service and you're gonna go out and have a bonfire Have ice cream and s'mores and do whatever you're going to do. But I wonder tonight, will God say once again that I sought for a man among them, but I found none? Or will his search be over? Father, we love you tonight. Lord, you are looking for people that you can use in this needy hour. I got three questions for you right now. If you're here and say, Brother Taylor, I want God to use my life, but I don't think that I'm usable yet because I'm not holy, I'm not faithful, or I'm just not surrendered. There's something in my life, one of those three points that I need to work on so that I can get myself to a place where God can use me. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Brother Taylor, I I, I blend in with the world instead of stand out. I'm just not faithful. I'm just not surrendered. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Brother Taylor, I want to be, but I'm just not there yet. Thank you for those hands. I wonder if you're here today and you say, Brother Taylor, I have never made a decision to lock, stock, and barrel simply surrender to my life to God and say God whatever you want me to do I'm going to let you choose I'm gonna follow you I'll go to college where you want me to go to college I'll go I'll be what you want me to be I'll go where you want me to go I'll do what you want me to do whatever you would have for me I want to surrender my life tonight if you've never made that decision but you would like to make that decision tonight would you raise your hand right now brother Taylor that's where I'm at I've never surrendered to him yes Let me go one step further. Is there somebody here, a young man, a young lady who you believe God is calling you and leading you? I'm not talking about some just passing emotion. I'm talking about for a while now God's been dealing with your heart about this you say preacher I believe that God and I don't know all the specifics but I believe that God could be leading me tonight into surrender to full time ministry to full time ministry meaning this one day I'm going go to go to a Bible college I'm going to train to be in the ministry and one day I believe God would have me to be in the ministry if that's you tonight would you raise your hand I've never surrendered to that before but I'm going to surrender tonight I see these hands right here in the front anybody else brother Taylor that's me I believe God wants me to go Going to the ministry thank you right here one last question if you died right now where would you spend eternity all week long God's been working on some of your hearts this is the last night of camp your your heart may never be as sensitive to the Lord as it is right now If you're here tonight and say, Brother Taylor, I've not been saved tonight, I need to get saved. If that's you, would you raise your hand tonight? Brother Taylor, pray for me. I need to get saved tonight. I see these hands. I see this hand in the front. I see this hand. Here's what we're going to do. If you raise your hand for salvation, would you simply at this point get right up out of your seat? And we want you to walk right to the back of the auditorium. Your counselors are waiting. They'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you take that take care of that right now? Hey, these have gone. Will anybody else go? This is your opportunity. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one else is looking on. This is a private moment. If you need to be saved, this is your opportunity to go. Anybody else? If you're here and say, "God, I, I, brother Taylor, I think God wants me to surrender to the ministry." If that's you, would you simply go meet with a counselor right now so we could pray with you and fill out a decision card and help you with that decision? If that's you, go ahead and stand to your feet and walk right to the back. Look, at if you won't stand for him in here, you sure ain't going to do it out there. Anyone else? Now tonight, if you're here and say, Brother Taylor, I... I just simply need to surrender my life to the Lord. If you would like someone to pray with you tonight, we're going to invite you to step onto the bag, or you can even come and use the altars right here, but here's what I want you to do. If you're making that decision tonight, we want to get a decision card on you. So sometime tonight, we want you to fill out that decision card. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet tonight and have a formal invitation at this point. As the music begins to play, won't you come and use the altar here? You can turn around and use your seat as an altar. I'm going to turn it over to Brother John.
0: With every
2: head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to come
4: to this altar, we're going to open
2: this altar. If you want to go and pray with a staff member, you can go and do that at this time. This is the moment in which we have given you to do that. And the Word of God has been preached very clearly tonight. And I believe that there is no further explanation needs to be done. It's your choice. It's in your hands. Some of you have been wrestling with some issues of sin in your life all week. And though Brother Taylor tonight was speaking specifically about surrendering your life to to serve God, to be used by God, some of you need some relief from some deep secret sins that you've been carrying in your life, some deep struggles Maybe it's just with understanding who God made you and how God made you. Maybe it's with understanding that there's a purpose for your life because thoughts of suicide have passed your mind because you think that you're living a purposeless existence. Tonight you need to go alongside with somebody and get somebody to pray with you about those deep issues that you've been carrying and you need to feel for the first time in a long time some relief because God is giving you some freedom because you're willing to talk with somebody and have somebody pray with you about that issue. I know already some of you have walked away doing that. Is there anybody else here left tonight that says, that's me, I want to go pray with my counselor. I want to go pray with a staff member. I want them to help me because in my mind, in my heart, I've been struggling with this. And I feel like I'm about to burst. I feel like I'm about to pop because I just need some relief. And I tell you, there is nothing more liberating. There is nothing more freeing than for you to get out of your seat, for you to leave your place, for you to go back with a staff member and to say, would you just pray with me about this? Can you do that tonight, camper, will you be willing to find that freedom? Will you be willing to get rid of that guilt and that shame that's been eating you up? Will you be willing to say, let me be free? And I tell you tonight that there's no better thing you can do than to go back with a staff member. Praise the Lord for those of you that are doing it now. Anybody else that says that's me, I need to do that tonight. I want to find some relief. I want to find some freedom. I want to find some difference in my life that I need to find. I'm willing to do it now. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. I want to find somebody to pray with me. Praise God for those that are still doing it now. Anybody else that says that's me. Plenty of staff members are back there. If, if you just make your way out that door, there'll be somebody there that'll pray with you. And then you'll find some relief. You'll find some help. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We live in a world full of bondage, and God is offering freedom tonight. If you're willing to go, if you're willing to pray, if you're willing to seek some help, Mr. Sonny, if you'll just lead them to the back, praise God for that. Anybody else that says, that's me tonight. I'm looking for some help. I'm looking for some relief. We're not in a hurry tonight. We're definitely not in any hurry tonight. There is no greater need of the moment. There is no greater urgency of the schedule than getting some things right with God right now. You're not going to miss anything fact, you're probably going to find some great, great help that you desperately need for your life. Still plenty of time. I know many of you are still making decisions. Make your way out that door. Go down to where the staff members are at. They're probably going to be taking turns with you, but that's all right. Take your time. There'll be somebody there that'll pray with you. Just make your way out that door. There'll be time down there for a staff member to take you aside to pray with you anybody else any other young lady any other young man that's willing to do that now just go down there one of my staff members or one of the volunteers will point you in the right direction and you can go down there and somebody will pray with you I know there's a lot more kids and counselors at this point we'll do our best we'll get to you Anybody else that says, I, I, I want to find that freedom, I need to, I don't want to leave camp, this is, we got a quick class in the morning, and it'll be done, but this is the last message, this is the last invitation of this sort. Anybody else tonight that says, that's me, make your way out that door, there'll be a staff member that'll guide you. At this point, you'll probably have to wait just a few moments, but then somebody will be with you, and they'll share with you how you can find some freedom, some relief that you desperately need. Make your way down there. It'll be a staff member that'll point you in the right direction. All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the working of your spirit, Father. Lord, I am just humbled as we think about how we can take five days in a calendar year, combine it with some fun and activities and games and competitions. and give your spirit just a few minutes each day to work in hearts and how you allow those minutes to become eternally impacting moments in people's lives. Father, I pray for those that are making such important decisions tonight. Father, there's no doubt in my mind. Father, if they were sincere, if they are sincere, what a difference will be shown and seen in their lives. What a before and after picture will take place in their life. Father, but above all things, the reality of the opportunity to live an eternity, having lived a life as becoming your child, and then as an honoring child to you, the Father. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Father, I thank you for your love for us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue a work in us. I pray, Father, that the seed that was planted, maybe there's some hearts here that said, you know what? Nothing moved me this week. Nothing moved me. Father, I know that there was a seed planted. Maybe it's it's a deep, bitter hurt that's still in their lives that they just can't overcome. I pray that with time and with the seed of your word having been planted in their hearts this week, that in due time it will bring forth fruit. Father, we thank you. Thank you for Brother Taylor. Thank you for the message tonight. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. As some still make their way, you can start making your way back to your seats, and I guess the next few uh, moments will be a time in which we will uh, just allow some, uh, some things to get settled out. I know there were many, many decisions, and so we don't want to pressure anybody into, the, into, uh, into what needs to come next in regards to the activities and the schedule. I am excited about what, uh, what lies ahead tonight. Some good things happening. Um, the world-famous, the globally-famous, the galaxy-famous uh, Thursday Night Lights will be taking place tonight. Yeah, you can cheer for that. All right. And... Uh, As we close one app and open another app here at camp, uh, we go into uh, a lot of neat stuff that'll be coming up tonight. Here in about two minutes, I will be cutting you loose and uh, we'll be uh, jumping into the game room um, for the time being. And uh, I'm sure all of my staff is pretty busy right now, so um, there'll just be a few sponsors in there. Please just make sure you keep it under control. Uh, Stay in the designated game room for now. After a few moments, we'll make an announcement in there. Uh, that the restrooms will be open and the the, uh, Life Hill store will be open uh, as we get things situated to go down and get changed and get ready to the bonfire. And the s'mores, I'm pumped about that. And so I'm excited about it. Yeah, whoo. So that'll be taking place here in a little bit. But um, all that to say that um, that'll be all taking place in the next few moments. But for the next 10 minutes or so, um, when I dismiss you, if you'll make your way into the game room, um, can you do me a favor, Nick? Can you go into that door? And then on the right, the switch, the light switch is there. Turn that on because I don't want people getting in there and then be not, like, knowing where they're going. And uh, thank you, Nick. Yeah, somewhere around there. There we go. Thank you. All right. So um, what I just dismiss you, go in there. Do not go anywhere else. Just go in there for right now. Um, Mr. John, i got to go to the restroom real bad. I promise you, in just a few seconds, we'll cut you loose to the restroom. I just don't want to let anybody in there until I know for sure I got sponsors around, okay? So um, thank you. Thank you guys very, very much. Um, In the game room and in the game room only, you can use either one of these doors uh, on either side of the stage. Thank you, guys.